Welcome to the Innovation World Podcast, your go-to source for all things innovation, invention, and entrepreneurship. Our website is www.innovationworld.org. Welcome to the Innovation World Podcast Series. My name is Julie Shively, and I'm the the founder of Innovation World and the co-founder of the Global Innovation Field Trip. And we're here today with my co-host, Jake Mendelson, who is the founder of Invent Future Global and the co-founder of the Global Innovation Field Trip. Say hi, Jake. Hello. This is very exciting. I, I, I'm very excited to be here. You know, we always get a chance to meet some really incredible young people and people who are going to make a difference in the world. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, as well am I. I think that the person that we're talking with tonight, um, we met through the National Innovator Challenge um, run by Hewitt Publishing, or Hewitt Learning, I'm sorry. And they were one of the top innovators and advanced up um, to earn other things, but including this podcast. And I think that they're moving on to the Global Innovation Challenge, which we'll talk about briefly in a few minutes as well. Um, should they ever get their application completed anyway, then they'll be at it. So she knows I'm teasing her right now, but it's okay. She'll probably hear it a couple more times before we end, end this podcast too. So um, one announcement I would like to make is the Global Innovation Field Trip is happening October 14, 15, 2023. And this is a wonderful opportunity for young innovators and program leaders from around the world to uh, present what they're working on, talk about their innovation stories, share the work they're doing in their classroom, really whatever innovative work you have to share, we'd love to hear it. And so would our global audience. We actually have about 63 countries now that are involved in this program. So you never know who's watching from where, and, but I can be sure you can be assured that whoever is watching, they're interested in listening to what you have to say. So it's a 24-hour online multi-country celebration of youth innovation from around the world. And all you have to do to sign up is go to globalinnovationfieldtrip.org. And there's a button you can click on that sign up to be a presenter, or you can click on a button that says, I want to watch the field trip. And so you would click on that on October 14th or 15th. And even though uh, this is on a podcast, I don't know when you'll be listening to it. We do these once a quarter. There's a global innovation field trip in January, April, July, and every October. So if you missed the one in 2023 in October, that's okay because there's one coming up in you know two or three months from that. So um, Jake, I think you yes. wanted to... Sh oh, wait, wait, wait I know wait. what you're going to say. <laughs> This is so exciting, Julie. Uh, There's a wonderful opportunity for young people. What does it cost to present? I knew you were going to catch me on that. Well, but you always forget the same. I know I do. It doesn't cost anything to be a participant on the Global Innovation Field Trip. Just your time, and that's all it takes. So, Jake, what do you want to tell us about the um, Global Innovation Challenge that's coming well, up soon? This is wonderful. I, I think you had mentioned the, the National Innovation Challenge that, that occurred. In fact, our our uh, our presenter today, who Sonia, that we're going to talk to, was part, part of that program. And she won some awards at the National, U.S. National. And then well, what's after that? Well, what's after that is the Global Innovation Challenge. And Sonia was invited to participate in that. She hasn't registered yet. So she may not actually be in that program until she registers, but <laughs> this is a wonderful chance for students around the world who've achieved 
recognition at their national level now to move on to a global level. And it'll be very exciting. And hopefully maybe we'll see Sonia there. Or Sonia. Oh, sorry. The deadline. The deadline. Sonia, when is the deadline for registration? <laughs> the 10th. <laughs> 10th of September. No, that's for everybody else. For Sonia, the deadline is the first. <laughs> right? Yes. I'll get it done this weekend. She well, knows we're teasing her. Okay. We know we know you'll get it done. So we've yeah. done this to every pot. If you go back and listen to the last four or five podcasts we've done, we've done this to every student who hasn't got it got it registered. But you know what? Like within the next 24 hours, they all register. So it works. <laughs> the really cool thing about the Global Innovation Challenge this year. Um, is we're trying something new. We're actually going to live stream through the Global Innovation Field Trip the um, judging circles that will happen near the end of the program. So October 14th and 15th, we'll have uh, different spots in there where students will come on who are part of that challenge and the judges will be there and they'll do their thing in front of everybody. And it's just super cool and we can't wait. It's an exciting opportunity for the people around the world to watch what really goes on in one of these challenges and watch these brilliant students and what they've done. It's just incredible. All right. I think we're ready to move on to our guest today. So all we're going to tell you is her name is Sonia, and she's going to tell you a lot of other things. She'll tell you who she is, where she's from, and she's going to start talking about this really cool thing that she has come up with that I think hopefully we'll all see out in the medical world in just a short number of years. Sonia, it's yours. As Julie mentioned, my name is Sonia Patel, and I'm a rising senior, and I attend high school in Florida. Besides research, I really love playing the piano and golfing. So back to my invention. So I invented the corneal alpination sclerobuckling model. Alpination is just another fancy term for taking eye pressure to determine glaucoma, a disease that leads to irreversible blindness. I first came across the idea when I discovered my grandfather was diagnosed with glaucoma. My invention sprouted as an idea to facilitate training for ophthalmic technicians who lack a synthetic eye model. Working with 3 and resin printers, as well as various types of resins, has evolved the sketch into a physical model. Now I'm currently consulting for a patent. <laughs> How big is it? Is it the size of a regular eye? So great question, yes. So it perfectly mimics the human eye and contains the same properties, such as like the flexibility, but materials are also limited because um, I have to work with what my school has offered. So I've currently been trying to seek other materials and other silicones that are more optically clear so that way I can best replicate a human eye and add additional features that will allow the surgeons to practice checking um, other conditions for, to determine other diseases and then also practicing their suturing skills. So you're, you're, you mentioned that this is to help um, physicians or surgeons practice. What are they doing right now? I'm afraid to know the answer. <laughs> so currently, um, well, as residents, in order to uh, perform the sclerobucking surgery, they either have a simulator, but most residency programs actually don't really have simulators because they vary from $100,000 to $200,000. So uh, they have access to pig and cow eyes, but that only occurs every so often in a lab in a wet lab day. Um, and currently, for um, measuring glaucoma with a tonopen or a Goldman alpination, they are 
kind of practicing on patients? That's what I was afraid you were going to say. Um, I'm assuming live patients, not cadaver patients. <laughs> yep. Okay, so there's clearly a need. So in looking at the expense, I mean, I know you, you probably can't have a finite uh, cost for this right now since you don't know what material in the end that you will use. Um, but do you have any idea on uh, some ballpark number compared to the cost of what's available today as to what your product would be? Yeah, so as I mentioned, like some models um, will range from like 300 to like $500, like something outrageous. And then also you have the simulator, which is like 100000 to $200,000. So a really nice car. Um, so essentially I've actually interviewed or, um, discussed with local physicians in my area and they agreed to, um, receive the device for $80, which is actually a really good price as it's, um, easily affordable for residents and then also for physicians to train their ophthalmic assistants. I'm sorry, would you repeat that dollar amount? Uh, $80. $80. That's incredible. That would that would that would be life transforming for for the surgeons in this area and and just to be able to you know have something like that that they could take home and just you know spend time actually practicing on or doing it in their labs or wherever they want to do it um, that's incredible. So what what do you need? Um, I know you don't have the materials at school. Is is it somebody that specializes in the materials? Is it somebody that specializes in three D printing? Who is it that is the right person to help you or the right kind of organization to help you take this a little bit further? So currently with a 3D printer, um, since it's me working on it and not necessarily like a professional, um, and also like the types of 3D printers, like they can vary from their quality. So uh, the ones that like 3D printing manufacturing facilities are like high end versus like the ones that I'm currently working with, um, like the filaments that I'm also using, they won't necessarily print um, like very fine or um, it will essentially output like sometimes a pile of filament, which is useless instead of the actual mold that I've wanted to output with the, um, the CAD prototype that I put inside. Um, so maybe it would be nice to work with some 3D printer experts, but also with finding the right material. The thing is that I'm trying to look for something that's optically clear while also flexible. Um, and the same goes for the base of the eye, which is currently uh, resin printed. Um, and so that can be more flexible. And it just really uh, depends on the materials that I'm experimenting with. I need to find like the right balance. So something that's not too... Um, flexible so that way the uh, person using the model can actually um, replicate the same procedure as they would on a normal human eye. So it wouldn't be too squishy. Um, the sutures wouldn't go in at such like a hard rate. It'd be nice and smooth. So you're using the 3D printer to make a mold and then you're pouring in some product? A to make so you mentioned silicon are you using silicon rubber so currently yes i've been using silicon okay but the silicon hasn't been as optically clear as i would like to be it's currently cloudy which
which is not the best because um, a normal human eye is optically clear. Um, but I have discussed this with the local physicians who have said that while that is a limit, there the flexibility is there, which is necessary and is quite essential for the ophthalmic assistance and the residents to train on. So that's what matters. Have you contacted silicone uh, manufacturers? I'm thinking specifically, I know of General Electric. They have a silicone products department in Waterford, New York. And if you contact them and say, hi, <laughs> I'm working on this project. I need some really clear silicone. They have a huge variety of silicone rubbers that they make. Okay, yeah, I'll look into them. Yeah. It's all silicone um, pl uh, pliable. It depends. They they can yes. The answer is yes if you want it to be, and and that's why I'm saying they have. So really, the three D the mold then the three D printing isn't the issue. It's what she's pouring into it, right? Yes, but she needs the the mold to be of good quality. But you can already okay. Um. But you don't have to buy the printer. I mean, there are companies that have that quality printers and you send them the STL file and they will print it. I mean, they're going to charge you, but they'll print it whatever quality you want. But I would also contact, like I said, contact General Electric and tell, but just don't call them and go, hi, do you have anything clear? Tell them who you are because then they're going to be much more excited about, uh, you know, dealing with you and helping you. Oh, wow. You've got, you know, this wonderful student. Um to do that. Okay, I will. Waterford, New York. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. And if you don't get anywhere with that, let us know because one thing I do know is I, because of working in the innovation field, I know a lot of people who work with a lot of different manufacturers and they may be able to put out the question as well as to, to um, a silicone that is going to dry for you more clearly and at least get that information back to you. So let me know, or let us know if you don't um, find the answer from General Electric. Okay, Who else would be out there? Other than General Electric, Jake? Oh, Maybe. there are some other companies, but GE I know has a wide variety. I mean, Dow makes a number, of, Dow Corning makes a number of silicones. Um, yeah, I think I, I reached out to Dow. Um, they were receptive, um, but I haven't really heard back from them recently. Um, yeah, I mean, we started a conversation and got somewhere, but it really didn't really progress from there. So, Sonia, let, let me explain something. If you call up a company, okay, they're going to connect you to the sales department and you say, hi, you know, I'm a high school student. I've got this idea and the salesperson doesn't want to talk to you because what are they going to sell you? You know, $20 worth of stuff that they're not going to do that. What you do is you write to the general manager, you write to the president of the company. Okay. And you say, I'm doing this. I'd love to use your product. This is going to be a really great thing. It's using your product. That person will then go down to the sales department and say, here, help her, make it, make her happy. And, and that's what you have to do. So start at the top. Okay. So this particular device that you've created is for um, for a specific eye problem. Do you think that you can create something similar for other eye problems and or other organs or parts 
you know, based on what you're doing now. Yeah, so I've been working on trying to adapt my current eye model to help with um, training for how to suture for other um, procedures. So one that I was thinking of was corneal transplants, which is uh, particularly um, prevalent amongst um, first responders, especially firefighters, because of the debris that they encounter. So making sure that, um, that that procedure is done well and exceptionally well is quite crucial. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So, so when you have um, a model finished, are you suturing? Are you trying to work on it to see how it feels and whether it seems right? And if so, how are you comparing that to a human eye? Because I'm assuming you have not been doing that on any dogs or cows or pigs or humans yourself. So how do you well, get I've a actually, sense for it's right? <laughs> yeah, so I've actually been giving the eye model to local eye physicians to test because they know the consistency that it needs to be at. Okay. Well, that's good that you're work- working on it and not me because I wouldn't find all these solutions probably. Yeah. So are these local um, doctors, people who have performed the surgeries before, so they have a they have a real sense for what they're looking for this model to do for them? Yes. Okay. Very this good. is pretty incredible. So um, this is because your grandfather had issues, yes? Yes. He's okay. like glaucoma. And then I attended an ASRS meeting, which is a retina conference, where I met two residents where they were having issues with finding synthetic models in order to train for scleral blocking surgery, which is how I got the idea to add on to my previous model and create a silicone sclera around the eye. And this way, that creates a silicone pad for them to suture anywhere they want and practice however they want. And what do you think, what do you plan to do beyond this, Sonia? Are you going to be in the field of medicine related to eyes? Are you like, just, is this a one-off invention for you? Or do you think you're going to keep working on solutions for the medical field? Um, So I haven't exactly decided yet. Um, I really, as I am a rising senior, I've leaned more towards, um, since I've gone to like the um, to like a couple of biomedical camps, I really found a passion for uh, biomedical engineering or potentially bioengineering. So I'm not entirely sure if I want to go into the medical profession yet, but I still have room to decide. And and you always have time to change as well. I mean, people reinvent themselves their entire lifetime. So this this will always be background experience for you no matter what you decide to do. It's a, it's a it's a great thing that you've decided to do and I wish you well with it and I I hope that if um, there's anything else we can do for you you do reach out and ask you know if nothing else we do know a lot of people that work in the manufacturing and the um, prototype business. So we're always happy to try to connect you to somebody new, um, especially if you can't get anywhere with GE or um, somebody else who is currently creating uh, or you are uh, building things out of silicone. I'm sorry, I lost my words for a minute. So um, you have any other questions, Jake? 
No, no, no. But you have a question, don't you, Julie? I do have a question. I love to ask this question. I can't wait to hear what your answer is. Um, I ask this of all of our young guests because I think it's really insightful and tells me a lot about the person. Um, if you could go to lunch with anybody in the world, living or not living, who would that be and why? That's a great question. Um, so one person that I would love to ask to lunch would be Jane Goodall. So I recall watching her documentaries of her work in awe of what she had accomplished. And she was very courageous and persevered working with chimpanzees while immersed in Tanzania. So her work is novel and inspiring to a young researcher like me. Interacting with Ms. Goodall at that lunch would provide insight as to how she overcame challenges, persisted with her research, corrected scientists' misconceptions of chimpanzees. And then from our conversation, I could improve my device to help many other ophthalmic technicians with other challenges that they face. Wow, <laughs> great answer. I would love to meet her too. That would be fabulous. And I know that she probably had a lot of challenges and still does. Well, listen, Sonia, um, I wish you the best. I, I hope to see this out in the market before I need it or before I need that type of surgery because now for anything I go to have done at the uh, in a in a eye surgeon's office, I'm going to ask them how many other times they did this on a real person since I know they don't have too much opportunity to practice on anybody else or anything else right now. So thank you so much and please let us know how we can help you in the future. Yeah, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate You're welcome. Okay, so that wraps it up for the um, Innovation World podcast series for today. I would like to thank my co-host, Jake Mendelson, Sonia Patel, and remind you all that uh, Global Innovation Field Trip is coming up soon. It's always coming up soon. It's every quarter. So please reach out to globalinnovationfieldtrip.org to learn more. And for those of you who are interested in following the Global Innovation Challenge, which is a challenge for apps, ideas, and prototypes, go to inventfuture.global and check out the information there and then join us at the October 1415 gift field trip to watch student competitors live. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Innovation World podcast. Innovation World is your go-to source for all things innovation, invention, and entrepreneurship. Our website is www.innovationworld.org.